Welcome back to the Breakdown Podcast. Jeff Olson joining you. Today I'm going to take a little bit of a tack. And, and I do that with one of the best because he goes in all sorts of directions. And it's hard to keep up with Nathan Narity at the best <laughs> of times. But I'm going to do my best, Nato, because I want to talk sports entertainment. Yeah. I want to talk sports entertainment because it's at this time of the year I get excited. We've just been through March mm. madness in terms of NCAA basketball, but now it's the NBA playoffs. Okay. And clearly I dedicate a lot of my time following a number of sports, but one of those is yes. the NBA. We're, we're now over the halfway stage, Nato, of Super Rugby. And my first debate is when, when you think about the knockout stages – of any sport, right? This is this has become, I suppose, the world we live in now, where the English Premier League is a rarity, where essentially you play without a final. It's over the course of a season. There's no knockout stages. Essentially, the best team over the course of a long period of time who wins the most game wins, whereas most competitions now are, you know, it becomes a knockout stage. It comes to a yep. point where on any given day, the NBA runs with seven-game series. Now, but not before it's had play-in tournaments where guys and teams are out within mm. one moment. What's the most exciting part about playoff sport for you? It's the threat of elimination because it's, you know, if in sports where we get excited about a, uh, this is the must-win game or this is oh, it's for all the marbles, this is for every single cliche you can come up with, these are them. Like, there's always that, but, you know, the, the, because when the regular season is presented, it's like, oh, you know, it's a marathon, not a sprint. You know, and that's not an exciting sentence to say, really, is it? So that's that's what I think gets up in these. It is the whole, this just might be the end of everything, which is why I think if we look at the NBA, that play-in game, I, I think that's really going to have them scratching their heads because remember at first they didn't want it, the players like, oh, this is stupid. Now it's because it's only one, not a best of seven. That is the, that's got so much riding on it. And even the, these, these hyper-competitive human beings who play this sport and are all about that, they start to clam up. And it's like, you you are so confident. You do your you know, you know do your job every day in front of thousands of people and that, but you even see it get to them. So there's got to be that extra uh, sense of excitement as well. So maybe that, I, I wonder what, maybe they'll go back to, remember the year when uh, Matombo with Denver and the, they won the, I think it was an eight versus one playing. Um, that was a five yeah. game series, right? So it wasn't the seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so there was a little bit more riding on, you know, your early losses. But I think that's what it is. Also, too, I, I think now with um, regular seasons, uh, you see a lot of the times players arrested. Um, so yeah. not arrested, but actually are arrested. Um, you know, sometimes they... Yeah, sometimes, some are. Yeah, right. Some are. But, you know, like you know that when you pay for your ticket and you're heading long, you're probably going to see all the headliners that, that you went along for, that you bought your ticket for. So I think it's that. It's all the attention of it. I think sports writers and sports journalists, and, and now, I, now you've got to include the major people that share stuff on social media as well. Um, like, for example, I know Squidge is one of, the, one of the big ones on Twitter. Cut stuff up and makes it really, really interesting to have a look at later on for people. This really matters to them as well. And I think if you've got a lot more material and a lot of that, that's why it makes it so exciting uh, for now, because you're building up for it. Yeah, I mean, and, and I think the NBA sort of in some ways cracked it, right? Because a team like the Lakers, for example, they got themselves after a 2-10 and 10 start, got them into a position where not only were they in the playoffs, but they almost had a life, right? But they weren't guaranteed getting themselves through to that next stage. And, you know, you're talking 30 teams in the NBA, of which now 20 teams stay in the conversation yeah. for longer. And I sort of look at it and... You know, there's a bit of debate going on around, you know, Super Rugby and, you know, um, the eighth place team is probably going to get in with a clear losing yeah. record. But last year, the Highlanders were the only team with a losing record to get through into yeah. the playoffs. Like the, the top seven teams all had a winning record in the competition with there or thereabouts. And so as much as everyone's saying, well, well you know, do we need necessarily to get to that point, the longer you can have a competition that keeps teams with the ability to make the playoffs, right, the better the competition is because yeah. you engage with fans, you get to that point where it, it, in the end you want to have hope. The, yeah. and, and clearly the advantage of finishing first versus against the eighth side, but I just look at this in terms of 
you know, when, you, when you're trying to build up and you're, you're trying to create that anticipation, right, mm. around the sport. And you need to have that as long as possible. I, I just look at um, Super Rugby and you're going, I, I think they're, they've got the right structure right now. Um, you know, I don't think I'd like to see it change mm. regardless because if you're the top side, essentially you don't want to get a bye week. I don't think that's necessarily fair. It's sort of... It happens in the NRL, yep, yep. right? You know, they have a whole lot of matches, but they have lives, yes. right? They have a life, right? That's significantly different, isn't it? As if you get a life, Nate Owing. Would you like to see a life no, in Super I, Rugby for the top yeah, couple of like, times? You know, when you, you hit on there about the fact that, you know, a team's going to make it in and it might not have a winning record, that's fine. But as we've just discussed, the, the one-off game gives you that it's it's like when you buy a lotto ticket you're probably not going to win but those days afterwards yeah. that little days of hope the bits of window shopping and the driving down the motorway and going what car's that a cupra i might buy one of those you know like one of those right, i'm going to buy this or my own spaceship <laughs> it's good to have that for a couple of days and you know um what is it hope springs eternal you know if you've got a chance yep. to knock them off in that because as we know when it's a one-off game in rugby, you can do that. And that's why it's exciting to get to that. Now, sometimes you might get to half time and the number one team's up 30 nil. So it's, you know, it's taken the fizz out of the game. You're like, oh, okay, well, maybe they shouldn't have been there. But you just don't know. I mean, like we've seen, you know, upsets in, in, in sport is what makes sport really exciting and not just Scooby Doo or a Hulk Hogan match. You know, I mean, Hulk Hogan matches managed to be exciting, you know, with their way, but it always finished the same way. You always knew the outcome, finger waggle, knee drop, boom, and it's all done. So I, I like the fact that you've got these ones, and I just, nah, I'm, I'm not really big on the life. I find the life really confusing, actually, um, in these things. And I mean, like my league team, I cheer for the Raiders. We, we, that's normally where we would have to sit is down in there just making it into the playoffs. But then, yeah, you, you get a bit, it does get a bit confusing when it's like, oh, it's this semi-grand final, not quite the grand final, the pre, pre-ultimate, whatever. And I think, just drop the word final, just yeah. call it a quarter or something like that. So no, I, I like yeah. it on the way in right now because yeah. you need jeopardy. And games have to have jeopardy and they have to have stakes. And the way it's set up right now, yes, you've got that. And it's less confusing than it used to be in the conference system, which I think during that time, I think we lost a lot of people, um, which was, I guess at the time I bought into it because I like sports with conferences, so do you. So we get that. But for a lot of people, like you said, it was going from a Premier League sort of um, sort out before where it was very simple. Everyone plays everybody once, and we do this, and boom, and then there's a top four, and we're away. That was a very, very simplistic way to be. They were trying to make it better with so many other teams and be able to fit them in. But I think you kind of lost the jeopardy. So no, no, I like the jeopardy now. Uh, could it be longer? If we're talking about Super Rugby, four, it's it's fourteen games. That's your regular mm. season. Should it Super be longer? Rugby should be longer for sure. Um, yeah, well, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah, a given, yeah. right? I mean, that, that, that needs to expand to actually give players an opportunity to get better, to develop. I think that's a, an absolute yeah. given. I, I, everyone talks about windows and opportunities, and you know, but, but if, if we're looking just as a, a competition, a rugby competition in itself, right? Um, what does the NFL play now? 17? Yeah. 17 weeks. They've added a, weeks. They added an extra game. It was 16 for yeah, a long yeah. time, wasn't it? For a long, long time. They've added that extra game now in 17. You know, I look at it and go, what do you think's a fair number when you're talking about a 12-team competition about getting the right representation? <sighs> do I want it to be twice as long? I don't know because then you... That, that, that's, that's the thing. The yeah, that's round the for New Zealand because then you're stepping on what happens with your international window. Like, do you do like football where you take them out, they take a break? And then I, what do you do over, what do you do over the NPC as well? You know, with other ones. Yeah, no, no, let's park that. No, 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 no. Yeah. let's park that. If you're looking at the competition, just look at it and going, you know what, to make sure, and, and if, if we had a double round, right, it's just home and away, that's 22 games. Do you think then, one, would it last? Could you keep the interest up? Is there the depth there? Because we're seeing the the war of attrition it is, but in a reality, it doesn't have a problem. I think it's too You know, um, you think about yeah. all of these things, I've had scenarios put to me where, what if you played? What if you played? I'm going to throw. I'm going to throw some stuff at you, right? What if you played eleven games before the July window, and then you played eleven games after? Say Super Rugby went all year round, right? Mm. You know, not all year round, but it, it got in two distinctive seasons. And you went, you know what? We play before and we play after, and then you go into a, a knockout phase of it. Too long? NRL does is, is NRL it's get to long. a point because the playoffs 
they last like a month, yeah. right? I, I, you know what? I, I think, uh, for example, the NRL season is super exciting at the start and super exciting in the uh, at the end part. It's a really long season. There's a right. whole lot in the middle that it. Do you know what? It doesn't matter if you keep up with it or not. You know that that's the thing, and yeah, and I think true. there's uh, some. The NBA is the same. NHL is the same. You can get to bits where you're like, you know, they have an 82 game season. I mean, I love my baseball. I'm not watching 164 games <laughs> of the Dodgers. Sorry, I mean, I love you guys, uh, yeah. but you know, and you'll do that part. You're really excited at the start. I'm like, oh, who's pitching? Who have we got? What do they look like? Yeah, they're pretty good. And then I'll, you know, get distracted and go and look at something else that I'm doing at the moment, and then come back to it later. It's way too long, and I, I think what happens there is that um, you lose a bit of the quality of it. You again, you, you lose these stakes of these things. And really, if you're talking about getting to playoffs in those. That's just a really, really big, long excuse to... to I'm, I'm, what is the NBA season? Like seven or eight months or something? It's, it's long, oh, you know. I love yeah. it, to be fair. But don't get me wrong. Is that, you're 100% right. There's, there's probably through sort of January, February, mm. you know, you, the, the, the teams have got out that are really strong you know, and they've got, they've got over 500 comfortably and they can... Then they go 500 the yeah. rest of the season... And they've, they've probably won fifty five games, fifty to fifty five yeah, yeah. games, and it's pretty been pretty easy yeah. for them. So I, I get what you're saying there. The re I'm just throwing this out there because you know we've tinkered and played around with Super mm. Rugby a lot, but but it's one of those things where at the moment the draw's yeah. mixed because you don't. Some seasons you play teams twice, other seasons you don't. You know the Australian Conference clearly feels as though it has an advantage given they play each other and they're mm. not as strong and. New Zealand teams dominated, and you're going well. Is that you know? Does that make it clearly? It makes it more challenging for the likes of the um, Wana Pacifica and the Highlanders mm. this season um, to, to sneak their in, just like last season. So I'm just looking at talking about formulas and looking at you know what is is the NRL model. We not everyone plays everyone. No, right? no, no. You know, they, yeah, yeah, just they, finding they, that, yeah, that they, they don't play the same schedule. No, no. Where some of them will get there, and then it's always the bit. It's usually the team that finished ninth. You know, when you you're like, oh, it's not fair because we didn't we didn't get to play West Tigers twice. Yeah. You know, they. But if you think about yeah. it, it was almost like that in Super Rugby. It was like, oh, it's not fair. They got to play the Cheetahs, you know, or the Sunwolves or whoever it was. Yeah. And then there was the occasional time when the Sunwolves would step up and spank someone. I actually think I actually think Super yeah. Rugby. I really like the rule changes. That well, not the rule change, the refereeing yeah. adjustments. I Lord. would say. I really, yeah. really like them. So, um, uh, it, it's an interesting experience to go to the game because uh, me and my wife and, the, and our two daughters, we've got our season ticket passes we go to with the Blues and we sit down behind the goalposts, cheapest ones you can get. And it's good fun, uh, you know, that we go and the girls really like going. So, that, so that's pretty cool. But I, I just kind of found um, the pace is much better. And it's that bit where you went, yep. God, the one pause in the game that I'm so pleased is gone that I didn't really realise because I'd seen it so much was kick for the touch and now we're going to have a meeting. And now yep. we're going to walk and plod our way to a line. Jeez, that takes so long for nothing. And I'm so pleased that that sped up a little bit as well. Also, the, you know, you know, the, the scrum construction. You're not just building this this set of houses anymore, and you're getting that. And it seems to work fine. Yep. In fact, it seems to me. I don't know. Maybe I'm. Maybe it's just a thing in my head. I think there's less collapse scrums at the moment, is what it what it feels like to me. Um, and I do like that as go to go to that live experience. But can I just give you so some at the blues the other night, right? So here's some problems that you've got that really need to be sorted out before you worry about format and everything. Yep. Number one, we buy season tickets, so we're waiting for ages we to, to get our little lanyard. Great, get your lanyard. Go to the front gate. Yeah, oh no, that doesn't get you in. Well, why is my lanyard? No, no, you've got to go to the ticket office. Well, where's that? Oh, it's around the other side of the stadium and they'll print them out for you. Oh, so we're walking, trek, right around the other side of the stadium. I should point yeah. out my daughter's on crutches. Um, fell off her horse. And uh, and so so you've got to get those printed and then, right, here we go. No, it's the other gate. So then we go back to the other ones to sort of get back in, right? <laughs> and this the, the first game, uh, so we've been to a couple of them and it happened. it's happened both times and it's like, you shouldn't be doing that to the people that have prepaid your tickets to go through. Like it should be the easiest thing in the world. I really like at Blues games. So they've got this thing where they, you know, they run out with the flags with Blues. It was really fun at the first game, and they ran out in the wrong order, and it said Shield. So what's yep. happened now? Yeah. And you need those little things because what's happened now is when they run out, the people who we sit with all yell out Soob! Go Soob! And it's like, do you know what? You've <laughs> got to have those little character jokes which make it funny. They've got the new disco uh, yep. goalposts, which are kind of fun. Um, but here's yep. things I'd love to see when you're at the game. You know, you know the uh, the advertising around the edge, the lit up stuff. When the ref says advantage, 
I'd just like to see that just boom flashed up on there maybe for five seconds and down so we know in the crowd what's happening oh it's an advantage for that you know you can have a little right. keyboard set up with all your numbers on it like uh hands in the ruck uh this there offside boom when the penalty gets yep. awarded boom you can have that pop up you know you've been to games in the states i've been to the like i know that my wife really engaged yep. with baseball straight away because we're at dodger stadium and, and it shows the pitch goes this way and it was that fast did that one and it was this and it's not yep. just the figures up there or the score there's some extra information and I think things like that. But another really big one, which Kelly and I were chatting about the other night, was the sound system is is terrible. And so there's someone up there going, and I'm like, well, I can tell by the voice it means yay. You know, so here we go. So if you go to a lot of those overseas grounds, what the clubs themselves do is they say, we're bringing a sound system. We're bringing the entertainment. And yeah. so I, I was very lucky. I got to go to um, State Farm um, Stadium in Phoenix, right, where the, the really big one yeah. is. So Fred showed me around, who's the guy that runs it. He's an, uh, Tom, he's an incredible guy. Sorry, I was calling Fred. Incredible guy. He runs it for the state tourism. Their scoreboard that they have has a production staff of five who work on it all week. And they make video packages and they make those. And it's like, we've got, and the woman I was talking to, she said, well, there's 17 records that might be set this week by one of our team. I mean, one of them, the guy would have to run for 250 yards, but we've got that just in case. And I go, so out of all the video packages, how many do you use? And she went, oh, about a third of them. And it's like, but just in case we've got it. And when you're at the game, the scoreboard is everything. Like all the fun is up there, but the sound system is amazing. And I've seen this happen in New Zealand. Right. You think of what the Breakers was like to go to uh, when it was, you know, we've got the drum line, awesome. You've got Andrew Jewhurst yeah. out there. That's good. He's getting stuff going and that's quite good. But the difference in what a show it is now, like you feel like you've been in, you've been to an yeah. event. And I know for sure after that first game they had that Matt Walsh afterwards was like, no, nah, that's not how a sound system's supposed to sound. This isn't supposed to be this, or this has got to be it. It's got to be big. Just things like yeah. those, you feel like you're more into and a part of an event. So that's that's the live experience. Sorry, I mean, I know we were talking about the draw, but I just wanted to say yeah. this is part of no, bringing people in, eh? No, 100%. I mean, it's it's how people stay engaged yeah. with the game. It, it, there's the wider part of the game. And the, the crazy thing is, Nato, that we hmm. all say it. We all experience, we all talk about it. But in the end, it's about you you then have to invest into you your do. product, right? And that's where at the moment is the fact that it's the, you know, and and they'll be horrified to hear me say it if I was a part of the coaching team. How about you drop a coach to pay yep. for it? Like, or stop one of the management. You go, well, that'll cost us 100 grand. Just drop a couple of people because the problem is at the moment, you're not investing right. in that product. And they'll say, well, it means that we're not operating a professional outfit. Well, no. The professional outfit is the entertainment yes, that you're yeah. providing. Look, I think the game itself, I mean, there's a couple of things I'd like to uh, see in the game, right? I would like to see you can only – so if, if a team scores mm. a try, right, you can you designate one person to try and charge it down. If you even bother, the rest of the people line up at halfway getting ready to okay, start yeah, the yeah, game yeah, again. Yeah. You know, you know like, like, it's like the sevens. Yeah. It's like the sevens. You, get, you know, there's no yes. charge downs. It's a drop kick. You get – you can designate one person if you want, but the rest of you get back to half way and get ready to yeah, start yeah. the game again. Like you shouldn't, you're not in the way. Like get outside the 22, get out of the way, give them a space. But it's one of those things where there's nothing worse when a team that's got a yellow card is just considered a try. The kick goes over and they have a powwow, and then they go, "Well, we're not moving for about yeah. 20 seconds," and we'll walk up the halfway. And then the guy picks up the ball, and then someone has a drink, and he picks the <laughs> kick. You know, there's another. There's the People will find a way. If you want to speed up the game, yeah. you can. You know, we've tried all these things to encourage, you know, and I think it has worked. I think the product in terms of the entertainment and the number of points that are getting scored, the tries that are being scored, the types of tries that are being scored, there's a huge variety of them. Um, I think that it's almost reached that level where there's enough yeah, action, yeah, yeah. NATO. There's enough happening yeah. inside the game. It's now, to your point, how do we make people... Uh, enjoy that more and it's like you say when there's a break in any major sport in america all of a sudden um the video screens roar into life with some sort of story some sort of entertainment mm. package some sort of sound system some sort of promotion whatever it might be one of the things that frustrates me at the moment and a number of our grounds is and eden park's the worst of it there'll be a major play that's just happened the replay will go on mm. the big screen 
and then halfway through the replay, they cut to an ad because they know you're looking ah. at the replay. <laughs> if someone's Don't selling something, <laughs> they literally they all of a sudden you'll be I'll be I'll be myself watching the game, and then all of a sudden there's an ad for something comes up, and you go, hold on, I was just enjoying my second look at the try to work out what had exactly happened, but I, someone said, oh, but they'll be looking at that, so now we're going to cut it into an ad. It's like, yeah. no, don't do that. But baseline it, do whatever you like. If yeah, you, not but not the screen, full no, screen. No. You know, not, not the full screen. Like the subtleties in the in, in terms of you know people. You, you're 100 percent right. You need to make things happen. They've they've started to catch on to some of the the, the um, entertainment that uh, yeah, basketball yeah. and that are doing. You know, with using sound, using the sound system. You know, putting on things that people will get engaged with. And we're a slow learners yeah. in New Zealand, right? We, but I think we are learning. And and when people go to a breaker's experience, and they get more familiar with the, well, this is how we can enjoy ourselves mm. a little bit more. Um, you know, I think there's, there's no doubt rugby's got a long way to go, but I like to think now that the on-field product in itself is, I don't know if you can improve no, too it's, much it's on a, that. It's a fun game to watch. It really is. And, and um, yeah, I think, yeah, you know, like... Eden Park do, I know that they do put some things up on the scoreboard. They're getting there, but you're like, go with the, I, I agree with you. Go with your, inve- go with your investment into it. Like, do, do it properly and go stack your chips in and go for it. But, because, like, if it's an, it's an yeah. interesting product, if it's an interesting place to be. For example, you know, I mean, one, one area that the Warriors do beautifully well is they've sold the charm of it. They're like, yeah, come out to our cold yep. stadium. Ha <laughs> let's see you deal with it. You know, let, yeah. let's come on into it. Yeah. They don't do the whole quick, make it look like it's really nice. They're like, all right, then, you bastards, come in here and there. So the people show up and the people <laughs> yeah. are only going, yeah, let's see this other team deal with it. They've got a really good, um, they've also, charms I, I think a lot of uh they were very early with the let's try and charm influences like that was a very very smart move on them i look at uh, the super rugby sides now so um the blues do a great job on social media so do the hurricanes as well uh, the chiefs put a lot of stuff out too i think where the blues have done well is they've built this really cool little brand as if as if their um instagram and that account is a personality and that matters that really yeah. really matters now I, yeah. used, I i think actually you know coming from sports media world it was always like oh no no don't talk about that thing because it's threatening because it might take away advertising dollars from main media that's why but yeah. that, it's also where people are now you know and they want to win their phone and they want to get there and, and do this i mean even when i told you about the stadium in arizona the guy there was like no we make sure that our wi-fi in here is always running crisply every time because if people the yeah. best marketing we can have is someone at the game going check it out i'm at the game and i'm having a great time he goes check it out, more right? tickets than anything on the back of a bus so, or any of those and he said they're, they're the ones that, that yeah. you need so I, that's why i think just 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 an extra sound system or just an extra something where perhaps maybe, uh, I don't know how it works there with marketing or ownership or whatever, uh, but if they're in a box, please don't be in a box. Just go through and do one where you sit down there and go, how does this sound? Does this feel like it's the excitement grab? Because certainly the, the Warriors have done that. And I mean, like I, I've said it a few times and my league mates get real mad at me, but no one's sold losing like the Warriors. They have. And, and it's a it's a skill oh. to be able to do it. But now they've got to the bit where much like the Chicago Cubs were in baseball, they've got people on board going, OK, it's got to be one year and eventually I'll be here when it does. And that's. Yeah. That's a great sales job of what they've done, but they're they're a fun place to be out at because it just be, I think there's an anticipation of fun on the way in. When did we lose the role of the cheerleader in New Zealand? That's a good point. That is a really yeah. You know, like not, like it, it, I don't know. I don't know why it yeah. disappeared, or did it become? Um, I, I I just I just don't get it in terms of you know keeping activity around the ground, yeah. right? You know, keeping that activity and and keeping things moving and people, you know, engaging mm. the crowd. Um, I still think once again we keep coming back to a sport like um, it's not a niche sport, but it's a it's a closed environment in terms of a basketball stadium, mm. right? So being able to get things into the stand, yeah. you know, and being able to give things away. And I think once again that's the investment yeah. you're talking about, right? Everyone, I don't know a person in the world who doesn't love free, free stuff. Free T-shirts are the best ones. Free, and have free you ever anything. Seen anyone in Whether your life happier uh, than the guy that gets to have the T-shirt gun? They're always looking up into the crowd. <laughs> that same face. 
Just, you know, like, yeah, give it, you know, 100%, you know. And the, I mean, I mean, I look at the ones that have, the, like, the machine gun T-shirt thing, you know, which is just, I mean, I mean, how excited would I, you know, I, I look at those sort of things and I'm going, you know, that they appear simple things to do. We're talking about a T-shirt that, you know, that you're getting logoed and you're going, look, it doesn't have to be a $160 T-shirt. Like, you know, it doesn't have to be the supporters, you know, it could just be any sort of T-shirt, you know, as long as it's got some branding on it and sponsorship and you think of all those sorts of things. And I'm going, when did, once again, that's that activity I'm talking about. I mean, if you're not you know, walking down the aisles and throwing hmm. things to people and, you know, even just giving away a dozen rugby balls every hmm. single time there's a game on, you know, so, so. I mean, all of those things are the investment that I yeah. look into it. You go, they they seem minimal. You know, they seem easy. The fact you know, and and the moment there is a stoppage, um, you know, you just you you keep the action going. I, I just wonder, and I I just wonder whether that role of that, I don't know why in New Zealand the role of that cheerleader supporter squad. It doesn't have to be mm. cheerleaders, but it has I, to be that supporting squad, that supporting so group. My- that, that was always visual yeah, and active. sponsorship got in the way there. I know Auckland's ones were the most famous, and that was 91FM, and then they changed where their money went because they, they not only employed them to do the games, they also had them doing promos and stuff like that as well. But even now, yeah. I mean, we've got uh, friends with daughters who do cheerleading, and it's so it's really acrobatic now. It's actually, it's quite amazing, you know, what, yeah. what they're doing uh, to, to get those. So, yeah, you could bring those. I mean, there's probably marketing people listening to us going we bloody are trying those things and it's like yeah i know that they're trying that's the good thing you can see it but now it's the whole well then maybe the people behind you need to help your work by putting more investment in and this falls back on ownership of things and this falls back on okay so where are you putting your money nzr and also the people that are stakeholders in these in these teams like this is this is the part where you you've got to you've got to push in and do this and really uh, you can look to the other people, but if it's dollars, that's the answer to be able to get you the extra sound system, get you the extra this. That's the people that you've got to look at and go, well, how committed are you? Do you want this to be bigger? What are you hoping for? Well, you're just hoping that that you know that that your your TV revenue money will will pay for the whole sport, and that's tough. All right, I'm going to change tact. Uh, we've got uh, all black coaches yes. have just been named, right? So yeah. the the big chat we've been going on about is who is it going to be. Uh, what effect it's going to have, the flow-on effects. So it's now it's Leon McDonald, it's Scott Hansen, it's Jason Holland, it's Jason Ryan continues yeah. from the All Blacks. He's a survivor uh, of the current group, and Scott Robinson's the man that's in charge. Nick Gill continues to be the um, yes. fitness guru, the, the guy in charge of the strength and conditioning program for the All Blacks. I imagine he'll have a bigger role with New Zealand rugby, maybe. So this is our first glimpse into the team, right? Yeah, I do. Do you like what you saw? I... Um... I'm going to go Hurricanes now. And the thing I like with Jason Holland, where what I think is a great advertisement for him, uh, particularly as far as attack goes, and I'm thinking, I think it was the Blues game in Wellington, saw some really neat switch plays inside the 22. The very timed, it's that one, you, you'll know the proper name for it, the one with the, oh, I'm just casually over this side, go Geordie, go. So two of us sweep round, the, you know that one, the yep. sweep round the ruck, I've seen the Irish teams do it as yep. well. Really hard for that first defender yep. to pick. And I love seeing that rather than let's try and sap our way over. Like, I like seeing the inventiveness of those. But I think another great advertisement for him is he's getting incredible value out of Josh Morby and Cam Roygaard in particular. Uh, he was also getting really, really good uh, value as well out of Brett Cameron when he was playing. And that, and I have a look at those guys, and I think, if we're being honest, you go back to the start of the year. If you're drafting players, those guys aren't in the first round, maybe first, second round or whatever. You know what I mean? That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Billy Proctor, another one who played really well. So that's what I look at, and I think, yeah, you've you've got there's something about you then that sees the game in a way that these guys are seeing, and they're you know, and they look, you know, they're, they're performing pretty well. I mean, like Cameron Roygaard, I think's great. I mean, there was, uh, you know, my favourite try of his this year was the one in Wellington where it was the most non rugby recent play I've seen, but the one where he just went, actually, I'm just going to grip my teeth and hammer right through you, right on that line. And I think and it was like, yep. that, was an, a, yep. that was an exciting play to watch because I'm like, okay. So as well as that, he's also allowed to go, I know we've got this move, but I'm going to take that guy. And everyone's with him. So I like, I, I did love seeing that from, from what Jason Holland's coaching and that excites me about it. I, I think to me now, obviously, with where they go now, I mean, obviously, geez, if you're the Crusaders, 
got to replace the Ford's coach, you got to replace Hanson, you got to replace Scott Robertson. That's a lot to replace for them. I would like yeah. to see, and I don't know what New Zealand rugby is doing with this, but for me, I have a look and I think, okay, there needs to be a coach's coach that can help with the new super rugby coaches that come through. So I don't know how that works properly. I thought Joe Schmidt was kind of going to do something like that, but obviously, you know, Donk staying at the Chiefs and, and he's doing an awesome job there as well. I was like, if he had yeah. been named in this All Blacks uh, unit as something to do with the Fords, I would have been like, oh, okay. You know, that wouldn't have been the thing that made me go, that's ridiculous. Yeah. I think he's really good. He looks like he's for the future coming. But if you're going to have probably new coaches at the Blues or the Hurricanes and possibly the Crusaders, I'd, I'd like someone just to be able to help them to oversee this because I think that um, if they are coming up through the New Zealand system, they haven't coached anything quite like this sort of animal before. And by that, I mean the size of the machine. And they might have a wonderful thought on where X's and O's go and how it works, but the machine can take away from their ability to do that. So I'd love to see a, a, something to help them do that. So what the challenge I see it is, and, and you've touched on it really nicely there, is the, the, the balance of being essentially the rugby manager, coach manager, almost the mentor of your yeah. coaching group because there's a vast coaching group. Like, and, and to to the to the Super Rugby franchise's credit, they're investing in coaches by having yes, a yes. number of them. They, they've got plenty. I think maybe right. some have got yeah, too yeah, many. Yeah. Like they've, they've got, but, but what they're bringing in is a stable of coaches to work with, right? And I think the, the challenge right now is, and, and, and when you talk about, um, you know, Clayton McMillan at the Chiefs, I'm actually happy he's not in this coaching group for one reason. It's because I believe he is that, he's another Scott Robertson. And in terms of, he clearly understands how he wants to deliver his yeah, culture yeah. as a coach. And he's got his other, his other coaching team believing in his culture which I think is what Scott Robinson does really well. I don't think he's a he's probably the greatest on-field detail coach. And I think he himself goes, you know what? I don't think that's my natural strength. He's obviously got clearly clearly understanding about the details and what he'd like, but he understands his most important attribute is the culture coach. I get that with Clayton McMillan. I like that he is now just staying and, and developing and having more experience and more time. And I imagine he'll take over the All Blacks 15 program um, that they have, that our second-tier team. And I think he'll create his own culture with that, like he did with the Māori All Blacks. Hmm. So I love that. And so what it is now is we've got a new generation, though, of player yes. who think differently. And I think that's where the strength of Jason Holland where clearly Razor is relatable to his group of players mm. down at the Crusaders. And I think Leon has established a really strong connection with his group. With the help of, of some other people at the Blues, though, I think, you know, I think he's still learning as a coach. Um, but I think the role he's now being asked to play, he's going back to what his greatest strength is as a detail rugby coach. You know, so I, I really do like what um, they've assembled and put together. And the fact they've got a couple of guys now who are sort of collaborating on the attack side of things with Jason, with Leon, I think it's really nice because that gives you a, a, a good, healthy debate about yeah. how you can play the game. The reality is, though, now our yeah. system is under pressure because do you try and find the mentors for the young coaching teams that are already out there and established and the Crusaders are looking for more than that or are you looking for someone to take over who's... I suppose, trying to learn at Super Rugby level, level how to be a head coach because that's really difficult. I mean, I don't see a lot of head coaches out there. Dave Rennie's taken himself yeah. out of the conversation um, when it comes to the Blues. I don't see a lot of... I don't see a lot of Clayton McMillan's out there. So I, I, I'm going to look at... There's two names that I thought of just recently where I, I was thinking about this and I thought, okay, in my mind, who are the new ones? And and I like your point about being able to communicate with that age group because for me, they're employees and most of them are like 26 years older or under, right? So you've got to be able to communicate with Gen Z. You've got Gen Zs in your house, so have I. You know, yeah. and I, yeah. I think it's quite funny. I think there's that whole, oh, they're all lazy and do that. No, they, they can be really quite harsh in that um, they're really direct. They're a lot more direct than I thought, particularly when it comes to the realities of self-assessment and what have you. But you've got to be able to uh, really get in there. So I'll chuck two names out here. These ones probably won't end up, but these are ones I'd like to see in the system. One is 
Nigel Hotham has has guided Hamilton Boys High to being the the I don't know what you call them the Alabama Crimson Tide of New Zealand rugby. You know, for a whole decade yep. he said that. When you go to their games. He's already on the earpiece. He's got his team. They're doing that. Like they are run like a professional machine. And you know, and I think a lot of the smaller schools that go to play them are like, "What the hell is this?" You know, it's like there's professionalism. But yeah, he's yeah. been running like that, and that school has been a factory, right? The other one, and you know who I'm going to say is Marco Zich, because he's been successful everywhere he goes. Be it Kelston, be it Hastings Boys, be it um, John McGlashan when he was down there as well. Oh, then he goes to Hawks Bay again. Takes two years. Normally, it's the same pattern. First year, it's like, "Oh, is it?" Going okay, second year, boom, they get it right. And look at the players yeah. that he's churned out as well. And I'm looking, going, there's if there are pathways where you want everyone in New Zealand who's involved in the game to think one day I could do that, aren't those the sort of people that you would look at and go, Hey, you've done really well to get through those? But probably more Ozich because he's done, he's been coaching men. Uh, he's also been in the Western, he's yeah. the Western Force assistant coach at the moment, so awesome. he's been in a setup. Yeah. And I think, well. Come on, don't don't let that guy sneak off somewhere else. And you're like, oh, we lost a good coach there as well. But that's when I think if these first 15 teams that we're seeing and they are becoming quite big and they are becoming huge programs, if you've got successful ones and, and yeah, okay, some schools are better at recruiting than others and they can say that. However, it's still inventing a new system and a new culture and getting them to buy into it and getting to do it. Well, then maybe those are some of the places we, we could look at for go, this might be where new talent comes from. And that's exactly the challenge we're facing right now is that there's, there's been, I suppose, the production line has has changed or it's advanced mm. quite quickly. And then we had a generation head overseas. Yeah. So Joe Smith headed overseas. Vern Cotter headed well, overseas. Hansen was there. Why would um, you say it, it was never going to change, you know? If, I think for a lot of those coaches, they were like, oh, it's, no, this is, I'm never going to get looking. So they just went. And there's money over there, but, you know? But, but if you look at the next tier and the next layer, they're all yeah. former players. Like the, 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 that's that's what you're, you know, that's that's mm. what you're at right now, you know, is that, that if, you know, Clayton McMillan yeah. was a former player, but but his is a different story. We've got a lot of players, you know, who are, you know, his was even still slightly before the the Tyler Blandells of the world and Jamie McIntoshes and Paul Tito's. And they're only they're only just yeah, on the other yeah. side of playing, right? <coughs> you know, and, that's and all you've done. I mean, I look at and, and the Hurricanes. Yeah, that's it, that's all you've done. That's no. not to say that's wrong, you know. But but here's the thing: like inside the Blues, you've got Tom Coventry. So here's the guy that's been around for a long, long time and who's vastly experienced, but is he a head coach? And that's what, you know, is he the, is he the right guy to take over the, the mantle? Um, yeah. Chris Gibbs. So the same thing, you know, um, has been around a long time. Are they the guys to come in? Or, or do you go on the Highlanders model where Chris Boyd is two days yeah. every couple of weeks? Where basically he just comes down into the environment for a few days, every couple of weeks, I think, and just brings in a conversation, asks and gives them feedback, how they're going. And it's a mentoring role. Are we at the situation where maybe that's our future in Super Rugby is the fact that it's there are guys who are just mentoring. We have to, we essentially have to go well, with what we've got them, um, well, and that we know. Should have one. Shouldn't they? Shouldn't they have one of those that they can, you know, a wise old head that you can bounce your ideas off? I, I, man, I'd, yeah. I'd, if I was ever in that position, yeah. Tony Gilbert go. did it. Tony Gilbert did it for Jamie yeah, Joseph yeah. and Tony Brown, right? It's that wise old head that every so yeah, often just shows up and might not say anything. Yeah, and the thing is, I mean, if you are the head coach, you can choose whether you take all that advice on or not, because it might it might be like back in our day yeah. we did this, and you're almost like, yeah, it's not quite because what I've got at the moment. But actually, mm. I like some of that. Like, I think that that should be used definitely in there because like that's that doesn't mean like the, the brains of New Zealand rugby are still incredible they're still really good um and I do think yeah I think I think mental roles could help to come in with that if you're going to develop them in that way I shouldn't have said that's all you've done before with the rugby guys what I mean is is um it's all you've known maybe that's what I mean yeah and it's yeah, more like the whole, right. uh it seems like an extension of just of, of doing what you've done like, like I know some of the, the the two I mentioned before having worked in education they're out of it different so they're looking at things like schedule you know the the teachers and the de hey, the, the two yeah. ones that always stand out ex teachers ex detectives 
you know, like ones that are used to plans, ones that yeah. are used to all of that, used to governing teams of people to write, you do this, you do this, you do this, and I'm doing this or whatever. That's a that's a skill as well to be able to do. So I think, you know, that sort of development that they've had that they've come through has been great for them. A question for you then. Do you think this generation can look past the fact if a coach hasn't been yeah, there totally. and done that? Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they, they can. can. I, I think they can. I think these players now that there's more of that whole right. This is our ownership of how we're supposed to handle this out on the field. This is that. I don't want a team that is basically a PlayStation for a coach. You know what I mean? Like you can't have players that don't think that that don't. Well, not that they don't think, because of course they will. But that they're so stilted in what they can do that there's no there's no window to try anything. You know, because eventually that's who it comes to is. Sure, there might have been the move. Okay, we'll go back to the Roy, Roy Gatch, right? Might have been the move on, but I saw that, <laughs> and I'm going with that. And you've got to yeah, have that yeah. sort of that sort of thing about it. And that then the whole, the rest of the team going, I know there's a move, but we might decide that's the better one to do and read. And if you can all read and react, that's an incredible team, which which is a lot harder to beat, I think, than a system side that just sits completely in where it is and doesn't change at all. And that's got to be a lot for player player autonomy i mean you, you think of it now the, the kids that are coming through when they're 14 15 years old they are so skilled up and schooled up on things um i, I you know like tactics are explained clearly to them i mentioned squidge before and other guys when 10 14 were around and that as well the intricacies of cool movements that you could see where, where young players got to look and go Oh, that's pretty cool. Like you wouldn't have learnt that until you'd got to really advanced stages before. So in the same way that they annoyingly discover music quicker than we do. It took me ages, Jeff, going to record stores to find all the stuff. My daughter's like, yeah. oh, have you heard them? I'm like, you're, you're 15. How dare you know about them now? You've got to wait at least eight years for that. They find this, you know, Wikipedia, what have you. They gather their information very quickly to get to stuff. So I don't think it's for them like, well, it's no cred for me that you did that because it's like, well, that one's a coach. I mean, like, I would hope no one in the All Blacks said that to Steve Hansen. Well, you were in All Black. Well, do you know? You know, I mean, in the end, he went okay, right? It's like, well, I know coaching. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is what I know. Yeah. Yeah. And I, th- I but I, I just think now, I, you know, I look at it and, and um, you know, you, you've got to be, I mean, I think it's a little bit harder now for, for, for coaches who, who clearly have an understanding mm-hmm. of the game the one thing they can't quite appreciate in some ways is the ability to deal with yeah. the pressure to perform. Yeah, that's so they don't understand that. And that's where I think it's got to be really, really clear is the, that, that, that the mental game for these young kids, and that's our, one of our biggest challenges, mm. and we've seen it this year. You, you know, the young, these players are younger. The average age of Super Rugby is getting younger and younger every year. And so their ability to deal with real-life pressure, to deal with it, <laughs> because of immaturity is just so did you, a mean, big part you, of it. You, okay, so you're a thrive under pressure person that, that we've seen in your cricket and your rugby and that as well. Did anyone teach you that or did that, was it a book that you read that got you there or was it just, did it become a thing where the lights come on and you feel alive? You know, like the pressure comes on. Well, no, I think, no, I, I think it was the, um, the collective will of the group of people you were with contributed to your yeah. own competitiveness, then you found a way to go out there and perform under pressure, right? And so there's a determination, a preparation, all those sorts of things. But then there was a backstory in and around how that environment had been built up over time to believe that you could win at any point, right? And this is one of the things I struggle with and sometimes is the fact that I think, you know, um, quite often, kids and players now talk themselves out of success because someone's told them the opposition's got, they might be bigger, they might be faster, you know, you know, they might have an individual who's a superstar in your game, mm. but the collective should be, we can still be on any given day can win. It comes back to our point about the playoffs and knockout systems. You know, you think about all of that and you go, but ultimately it's a team sport and the fact that you can apply pressure, um, how you deal with pressure, can lead to the outcome of any uh, contest, and so that's what I find find frustrating now. That there's no there's no reason you yeah, can't win yeah. on any given day because you know ultimately the collective can be stronger. And so for me, can you teach it? I think you can create the environment mm. for it to thrive in the fact that you know um, someone 
can play above themselves. Someone plays to their ability. You talk about um, uh, what Jason Holland's clearly done up until <laughs> this point with the Hurricanes group. Mind you, they've had a, a, a softer yeah. start to the season, you know, uh, in terms of the, their draw. But ultimately, they're still in, the, in that in that picture and playing such really good footy. But he's got the environment right for your yeah. others that we talked about to be playing with confidence, with self-belief um, and expectations that they're going to win. Hence, right now, they're a really, really good rugby team. So I don't see that as a, you know, I, I think that's that's quite possibly the best skill yeah. a rugby I mean, coach I think you can, can have, still, right? In your coaching setup, have players that have lived that life before, you know, and to act as that role. I, I, mean, I guess I'm thinking it doesn't have to be the head coach, does it, that, that might have done that before? As long as you've got some of them in there no, to, to no. talk in that. Because, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, you are right. It's the um, the, the ability to perform under pressure because, you, you know, like I, I know, for example, now at my kids' school, they work really hard with the kids on the whole, you know, exams come up and you might feel nerves, but it's up to you whether it's nerves or excitement. And they yeah. work really hard on them with it. Now, I've never got that through my high school career. That just wasn't even it was it was never a thing. It wasn't even thought of. So they do work with them sooner on that, and that's why sometimes I think uh, some people find uh, the the current teenage crop a bit precocious because they can be like, right, well, I'm going to get into this. But that's what I mean by they've got, they've got a lot more of that focus on things. But if you've got yeah, but then that is the difference of catching a ball at training and catching a ball in front of a whole lot of people. And where does your brain go to as to what's the success of this going to be? It's either everyone's going to cheer because I catch this, or everyone's going to laugh because to drop it you know <laughs> and that's yeah and and and, and that but that's yep. the harsh reality of being in a, in a public environment and the eyes are on you i mean i look i i mean i here's here's the crazy thing right i grew yep. up watching a lot of sport but also grew up watching mm. a lot of movies right sports movies and they're always the same inside the white lines yep. it's still the same field it's the same court it's the same dimensions, yes, essentially, yeah. give or take. You know, rugby decides every so often, but it's the same. So in the end, it was inside the lines. I didn't get very rarely that I find myself well, affected right. by what was happening out of yeah. it. Every so often, though, every so often, you'd be lying if you're playing. You know, no one played perfectly all the time. Everyone had mm. days where things didn't go well. You know, you made the errors. And, and there's no doubt that those stadiums mm -hmm. got a little bit tighter. You know, but but ultimately, that would always happen, and should happen between in between plays, yeah. not during play. And so that you know, and and look, we do know and we understand what New Zealand rugby went through. That we found a formula for a good ten to twelve years with a special group of players who who learnt how to deal with the pressure and the, the expectation, and they delivered on the world stage mm. for a couple of rugby world cups. And they, you know, they and they've told that story now about how they've dealt with all of that stuff, you know. Mate, I, I, look, I just want to finish with this. Who do you think is going to win Super Rugby? I'll go Chiefs. I'll, I'll go the Chiefs. I, I don't know why, but I'm looking at the Crusaders this year and it seems like it's one of those teams, I just expect them to be pulling ahead a bit. For the, it seems to me they've struggled in games just a little bit longer and a little bit more than they normally do. And I like the way the Chiefs are travelling. I really enjoy Damien McKenzie. Gosh, he's fun to watch right now. Uh, I thought his run that he had in the number 10 jersey, it was always, you know, Bowden Wonger, and I'm looking going, I like that guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> I really liked him there as well. So I, I very much enjoy what the Chiefs are doing. I think um, they also have a huge lineup of bigs, don't they? You know, Brody, Lord's yep. come back now. Uh, Tuba Vai is there as well. Uh, and Naitor uh, Akoi is there too. They've got big, big bodies. Uh, female, yeah, yeah. Sammy Penny, female. Tighthead yeah. prop was that came on last week for them, but um, five brick shit houses and one rugby jersey, and he looked great. And I was like, "Oh, there's your yeah. really steady scrum. You've got some Sony. So when play shuts down and you need someone to to, to set for you, you've got one of the best. You've got Fina there as well. I'm looking at them going, oh, Kyle, I, I know they're going well, and you go, yeah. It's almost like we've got that thing in our head going, yeah. But once the Crusaders get to there, it's like I actually th I I like this Chiefs side. I think they're the better team. So I've just cursed them. Sorry, Chiefs. No, you haven't cursed them in any way, shape, or form. I, I look, I, I can under hundred percent understand where you're coming from, and I tend to agree with all of that. You know, I think there's some question marks that, you know, we're all, 
on teams that last year were very, very good, which were both the Crusaders and Blues. The Brews yeah. had a remarkable run. And for whatever reason, they haven't found, they haven't hit their straps. They haven't found their game just yet. But I'm fascinated now because no, there's no buys left. Is six rounds, you know, and we'll see the men from the boys. There's some massive matchups. You know, every weekend there's a, there's a, a result that's going to be critical on where who finishes in the table. And, and this is to the point where, I think for the last couple of weeks, there's been only four games. We've sort of meandered along. Whereas all of a sudden now, the Blues travel and play the Drewer, all those sorts of things, you know, the table can shift and change and the ramifications became significantly more. The all-black coaches will be expectations have certainly changed. There's going to be players who have to stand out. The last question. I had a last question. I've got another question. Just popped in my head, though. So, so you've got the Chiefs winning. Who's your all-black bolter? Cam, yeah, yes, Cam Roy. Is it Roy Gar? Totally, yeah, yeah. I think it, 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 he's, he's, guy. Totally, he's your guy. I think obviously Smith. Boom. Oh, so who's I'm, not so in? He bolts for me because I wonder about the health of Falau Fakatava, and I wonder about the size of Finley Christie and how quick he can clear ball out of that ruck. Um, yeah, that's what I think. I think against competitive ruck, I, I, I'm like, hmm. You look small, which is a weird thing to think of. But you know how sometimes when you look at a player and go, I'm not sure about this because it looks like one grab on your jersey slows it. And yeah. perhaps that's kind of what's been missing a bit is the let's pressure that guy and go. So, yeah, he, he's my bolter. There you are. Camera good. Uh, he's my Tawita Kubalo. Yeah. yeah. That's what he is. That's the guy who, you know, um, who may not walk into a starting spot, but what he'll do is he'll force his way onto the bench and the guy in the last 20 minutes, yeah. if you need a presence, you need energy, you need a spark, but you need a defensive guy. If you need an athlete, um, you know, he missed, he's missed a couple of tackles, which he'd like to, you know, he'd probably have over again. But for me, he's 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 not yeah. my bolter in my group. Um, mine's oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, he's playing really well. He's, I'm, on, I'm on that. I'm on that because I think on the yeah. wing right now, we're searching. We're absolutely searching for some guys on both sides of the ball mm. to be consistent. Great no, no, I always love having a chat to you because yeah. we go on places we don't get to we don't get the yarn and talk about and but uh, it'll get back the world will get back to New Zealand <laughs> rugby and and I'm expecting I'm expecting at the next Blues game for you to have cheerleaders in front of you with yeah. your own sound system and if you're not getting t-shirts there's something you know, wrong. That, but just one thing I will say in part the quality of the chips last week was outstanding. There you go. They were great. So well done. I've got a Gilmore's card. I know that they bought the quality. Thanks, Nardo. Well done to them. <laughs> Cheers, man. Thanks, Nardo. Always a pleasure, buddy.